Hi everyone, it's your host Katie, and this is Tea on the Rocks. Happy Wednesday, or whatever day it is when you find yourself with my voice in your ears. Here at Tea on the Rocks, we discuss everything from navigating career changes to dealing with friendship breakups with a healthy dose, of course, of the fun, the feminine, and the basic. Okay, you guys, it's January 12th. I feel like Christmas was one millennium ago. I also cannot believe that we're not only 13 episodes into this pod, but that we're transitioning into season two. I think for this season, I'm going to be focusing a bit more on just like relaxed, chatty, plog style day slash week in my life content with a little bit more of my work-related content thrown in. In fact, I definitely like to devote a full episode on how my freelance journey came to fruition, what it's been like, and discuss the process overall and get granular with some issues that some freelancers face. I also kind of want to discuss topics like motivation and the difference between contracting and freelancing and how freelancing can sometimes get a bit of a negative reputation. And in other news, I have created a website. Obviously, if you follow either of my Instagram accounts, the podcast or my personal account, you'll see that I did a little bit of promotion of it a couple days ago. It's honestly been a long time coming, but I am super proud of it. I pushed back, honestly, on doing it for a while because I felt like there's a big discourse in the content community over whether or not a website is actually necessary. But I felt like ultimately it was the right professional move for me as my career stands now. I don't think a brand new freelancer or contractor needs a website. I think your focus on the outset should be finding quality clients and building up your portfolio. And your portfolio can be a Google Drive folder. In fact, my portfolio is still a Google Drive folder. I just link to it from my website. So that hasn't changed. It's just kind of making it prettier, I guess. And, you know, including things like client reviews and packages that I might offer and discussing the podcast a little bit. Like it just, it's it's just a broader representation of my content related activities and how they kind of speak to each other. So I wanna get into some little chit chat segments, but I want to just discuss kind of how I've been feeling now that the new year is well and truly upon us. And I'm not gonna lie to you, like these past few weeks have been kind of prickly for me. I wish I could come at you with this first and fresh episode feeling a little bit more positive, but, and I wouldn't say I'm feeling negative. I'm just not really like screaming from the rooftops how amazed with life I am right now, I guess. Christmas was a time of pure excess when it came to food and drink, and I really felt the effects all over. I decided to do a little bit of a mental and physical health reset and do a dry January in conjunction with a stricter way of eating, which I've been successful at so far. Honestly, like when it comes to dry January, I I like to drink. I am a drinker. I'm a social, casual drinker. Um, John and I enjoy a few for sure. I think when we first started dating, we drank a lot more and have since kind of tapered off but definitely still 
um, a weekly thing for sure. And with drinking, I feel like you kind of have to love it, if that makes sense. My break from it is to sort of get that spark of enjoyment again from it. Like not having it be so much the thing that I do on Friday and Saturday nights and rather something to be enjoyed, like relaxing and being mindful with it rather than just like drinking for the sake of drinking. Right now, I can honestly say I have zero desire to do it and that's fine with me. And I'm fine with just riding that out. I'm not going to be so restrictive in the sense like if I want to have a few glasses of wine later in the month, I will have a few. I think dry January is really like a slightly damp January for me. Like the goal is to reduce considerably. But I think with any kind of restriction, you have to allow for a little bit of wiggle room or it's just going to become that sort of tantalizing Pandora's box that you just want to open. So shifting gears a little bit, I want to discuss my wisdom teeth. It was honestly a super traumatic experience. I got them removed almost a week ago now on the 6th and I was just a bundle of nerves. I was nervous to take the sedatives. I was nervous for the procedure and nervous for the aftermath the recovery. Luckily, I didn't say anything too crazy when I was sedated. I felt like aware of what I was saying in the moment, but I don't remember much after that, if it makes sense. I think I was a lot more worried about saying something really foolish, but aside from mumbling from the freezing and a few brain dead moments, I think I was okay. They didn't give me a laughing gas or anything. They, They gave me like an oral sedative, which I took an hour before the appointment. Basically, like they told me that you had to bring a quote, responsible adult in with you to the appointment, which was John. And then we just literally like sat in the waiting room around other people. And I took the sedative and I was like, I asked the, the, the admin person there. I'm like, how's this going to make me feel like, am I going to be saying wacky things? Like what's going on? She's like, Oh, you'll, you'll find out. And I'm like, this is not reassuring. Um, and, and as far as the procedure itself, All of my wisdom teeth, except one, were actually under the gum line. And the reason why they took them all out was because, well, in their words, like, why not? Why not just take them out all at once? Um, The one on my right side at the bottom was poking through and had been impacted for a while. And I had some pain with that in November, but it honestly stopped. And the other ones weren't really bothering me. So by the time the appointment rolled around, I'm like, can we not just, do we have to do this? Anyway, the mo- the worst, in my very foggy, drug-induced state, the worst part of it was the left-hand side on the bottom. I felt like they, I felt like I was being punched, like, and not even punched, but like a squeeze punch. Like they were really just, I don't, it must have been just a scene. Like I had my eyes closed. I can only perceive it the way that my mind would perceive it. But I'm sure like uh, as an outsider looking into the entire procedure, it must've looked crazy. Cause I felt like they were just pushing and squeezing and pushing on my jaw. And I really hated it. Not only was I drugged, but I was just in a lot of pain and scared. Like I kept having these little moments where I felt like I was crying, but like, I wasn't really sure if I was crying. Like I cannot recommend this less. (laughs) And I think it gets worse as you get older, honestly, because you're so much more self-aware and 
when you're a kid, you know, you can go home and relax and mom and dad can take care of you or whatever your situation is. When you're an adult, you have to figure out work and you have to like have this like childlike fear of the dentist, but you also have to act like an adult. Like, I don't know. It was just a lot. I do also have um, an abscess now. I have been back to the dentist already once this week. I went on Tuesday. Uh, no, maybe Monday. And I told them I still had some numbing like on my chin and half of my lip and just in in the gum line a little bit on the left side, on the bottom. And now that the swelling has gone down, I have a distinctive abscess, like a hard lump that, trigger warning, does have an opening into my mouth. Like it's not some hideous like cavernous hole or anything, but like there is an opening sort of like when you get a boil or a zit, like there is like a head to it. It's not the extraction site. So I don't know what's going on there. But when I spoke to my dentist about it, who actually, the dentist I spoke to on Monday when I last saw them was not the dentist that actually performed the procedure. So, um, (laughs) useful. I kind of discussed it and he's like, oh, well, we'll have to, you know, just very dismissive and just kind of like, why wouldn't you just... You know what I mean? And now like that appointment was complimentary and now any subsequent appointment I'm going to have to pay for. And it's not really a big deal, but my coverage has now been exhausted by this $1,500 wisdom tooth appointment, except for like, you know, uh, regular exams, but anything extra is out of pocket. So I'm just like, please, like, I, I really just want them to deal with the numbness and deal with the abscess. Like, Tooth, teeth anxiety is so intense. Like, I think not only are you anxious because you have to pay for it, but it's so, like, it's your mouth. Like, if you have something wrong with your mouth, I feel like it just kind of ruins the rest of your day. Anyway, so that's that on the wisdom teeth. And keep your prayers and thoughts and good vibes with me in mind, because I really just do not want to have to deal with a jacked up mouth for the rest of the month. So moving right along, let's do, of course, some chit chat segments like we have been doing. Plans for the weekend. Honestly, nothing. And I'm just catching up on work. I, Of course, you know, you get your wisdom teeth out. I miss two days of work and I still feel pretty unwell from the whole thing like I feel like this kind of like ill kind of malaise feeling and I've just been very it's hard to describe I'm also on like anti-inflammatory steroids and I feel like that's causing my mood to be just sort of like weird if that makes sense in any case not much to look forward to upcoming this weekend of course like I say I have some work to catch up on and just trying to relax, I guess. I've got a busy week next week and the week after that. So let's do a little Pepper update. I realize I haven't done one of these in a while, but Miss Pepper is tipping the scales at five pounds and is as robust and as healthy as ever. She loves body checking both Walter and Pogo and is absolutely fearless. She loves to chew on my AirPods 
carry things around in her mouth like a little puppy and is very, very attached to both John and I, which we love, of course. She'll be getting fixed in early April. And recently we've kind of had our funny little suspicions that she has a crush on Pogo, our dog, which is super funny because he he could not want less to do with her, to be honest. Like he is petrified of her. And you know what? As all men are a fire sign women, she's a Leo. So it seems appropriate. <laughs> Pepper is so like, this is going to sound so trite and cliche, but she really is very loved. Like she has only known love, honestly, since the moment she was born, since we picked her up, we've just showered her with love. And I feel like this gives her this sort of sense of security and confidence. And she just takes up space and runs around and drives these men crazy in her house. And, you know, it's, it's Pepper's world and we are just living it. And I love that for her. So I want to kind of, I think the focus or at least the remaining focus of today's episode is going to be kind of on New Year's resolutions and kind of circling back to dry January. I'm not much of a New Year's resolution person. And I know a lot of people say that, but like, I really do believe it. I think that self-improvement and even just doing things differently is valid year round. But I do also recognize that the onset of a new year or just like a new chapter of some kind can spur on that motivation to approach things differently. As far as eating habits go, I mean, I always try to be somewhat healthy, but I will say the last two months, I don't think I really have gone overboard, but I just haven't really been caring that much, I guess. But now I will say that I felt I needed to be in a caloric deficit and just kind of get back to basics, if you will. Caloric deficits aren't for everyone. I mean, scientifically, it is how you lose weight, not to be triggering, but that is how you lose weight. You consume less calories than you're burning. Um, And you can do that in a myriad of different ways. I mean, if you're burning calories by running for two hours a day and then eating 2000 calories as like a healthy adult woman of a just average weight range, that's still going to put you in a deficit. But I mean, if you're not active, I mean, I, I do try to be active. I do try to get my steps in, but with my wisdom tooth removal, I haven't really been super active. In any case, I do restrict the calories a little bit further down. Nothing crazy, but I I recently stepped on the scale for the first time in a long time and just was not happy with not only the number, but how I felt. And honestly, the number was just the confirmation that I needed to make some changes. I think if I felt better in my body, then the number wouldn't have had such an impact, but I just feel like I need to be treating my body a little bit better and really, again, spend this January getting back to basics, like just a reset point. It is difficult though. I mean, the last time I lost a significant amount of weight, I had done keto, the high fat, super low carb diet. And I feel like keto is absolutely not sustainable because I didn't find that sweet spot between being in a reasonable deficit but also enjoying life. Do you know what I mean? Um, It was very much an all or nothing approach, which never ends well. And again, I don't feel like it taught me how to 
reach my goals, my bodily goals in a, in a healthy way. I think it was really just like a very much a crash diet and things. It's, it's like I said earlier, things that are that restrictive, I, I really do feel like they, they always have a way of, um, slingshotting back to the other direction. Um, you know, if you restrict yourself so much and keep tantalizing yourself with these things that you can't have, well, naturally we're going to gravitate towards these things and it's going to have a bigger impact when we do consume, you know, bread or whatever else that we're restricting ourselves from. And, you know, I think that eating lower carb has its benefits and I still do follow that way of eating somewhat because I do feel better if I'm not eating a ton of carbs, but not to the point where my body is like completely forced to change how it burns energy. Um, not to mention that I feel like people who do keto, like no offense, I'm sorry if you do, if you do for health reasons or whatever else, like you are excluded from this hot take, but I do feel like people who do keto in order to just reap the very quick weight loss benefits are very evangelical. I just can't, that's, that's not for me. And, and you know, look, I truly believe that any size can be healthy and that all bodies are different and capable of different things. But for me, I know that weight gain has negative implications for not only my mental health, but my physical health, particularly with my pelvic floor muscles. And I was actually discussing this with my therapist the other day. And, you know, absolutely, you can be healthy at mostly any size. But if you have pre-existing conditions that objectively are going to be exacerbated by a heavier body weight, then yeah, I mean, it's, it's something to think about. It's something to think about if it's, if it's worth it, if you're, if you're able to still live um, the quality of life that you would like for yourself. Do you know what I mean? With that being said, that's kind of where I'm at for this mid-January day. And, and just kind of like where I'm at mentally these past few weeks. Again, it's perhaps not the most cheerful way to kick things off, but I, I like to I like to think that I always keep it authentic with in, in my life and on this podcast. And you know, the thing is, this is the most depressing week of the year statistically. And I'm not about to pretend that I've got all my shit together and I'm feeling great when I'm objectively feeling sick, tired, and overworked. I hope that makes you, my dear listener, feel less alone if you're feeling kind of in a similar fashion. No matter how people portray being, quote, that girl or whatever other harmful, overproductive aesthetic on TikTok or Instagram, people still struggle. There's people and lies behind those like two second clips on TikTok or aesthetic stories on Instagram. It's not, January is not all bullet journals and vision boards. And that's just how I feel. That's that on that. That is the tea on the rocks. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I'm really excited to dive in and embrace 2022 and take you all along with me. So I'll see you next time on Tea on the Rocks. Tea on the Rocks.